If it were not for our visitors, I would have said, please don't put that up. (laughs) But let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. I've been speaking on the foundation for a good life. The foundation for a good life. And Jesus Christ himself told us that, that there is a foundation that is uh, a life that is built on the foundation that is solid, which is the rock, Christ himself. You know, God is offering us a life that we've never known. God is offering us a life that we've never known. This is a life of God, a life that Jesus brought to us from heaven. It's the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus told us in John chapter 10 verse 10, He said, I came that they may have life and that they may have life more abundantly. That's why Jesus came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. The question is, if you think you already have life, think about what he said. I came that they may have life. It's as if we didn't have life. You are alive, but this is the life that came from God. It's a different kind of life. I came that they might have life and have that life more abundantly. The thing is, we can have the life of Christ, but there's more. There's always more. Are you enjoying that abundant life that Jesus came to deliver to us? He actually came down from heaven to give us the life of God. And you can have the life of God if you want that particular life. For us as humans, it's so hard to admit that all is not going well. How are you doing, brother? Fine. But the last, ten, the last hour you were crying. And serious emotional pain. We cry and we put up our makeup, get in the car, and then when we get to church, hey, so nice, Father. How are you doing? Oh, just fine. Could never be better. No, that's not true. We've learned to cope with the pain that we're going through in our lives. We've learned to cope with it. It's not that you're choosing to lie. You, you learn, this is the way life is. I've got to go through these difficulties. We felt like there is nothing I can do about it. We've got to live with this. But God is saying, I can bring change to that. I can transform that situation. I can make it better. If you will acknowledge it. Most times people don't even care. They're not even aware that they're not living life the way God wants them to live. They're not even aware of it. They just think this is the way things are. This is the way it's always been. 
This is the way it's going to always be. This is the way it's going to be. But God said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus puts it this way. In Luke chapter 5 verse 39, he says, No one having drunk old wine immediately desires the new, for he says, the old is better. If you've never tried the life of Jesus, you don't know what you're missing. Because you've never been there. Until you accept the life that Jesus brought to us, you never experience it. All you know is the life that you've been living. But I'm telling you, as a servant of God, there is something better. Jesus brought it to us. There can be a change for us. God can make life better for you if you will accept it. You don't have to cope in life. God wants to be on your side. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10, he says, I will help you. God will help you. So don't just cope with life. Let God come into your life. Last week, last week until you discover that this is not the way it ought to be. My marriage shouldn't be this way. My finances shouldn't be this way. How come nothing is going right with my life? I mean, so, well, I know the other guy also, he, uh, he has more problems than I have. That's not what we're talking about. It's your life. Can there be a change? If you ignore the problem, because God's showing you you got something wrong, if you ignore it, then you have not come to the first step, the number one foundation, where your eyes are open and you see you are poor in spirit. I can't help myself. I need God. But once your eyes are open, then we go to the second one, which is the foundation of mourning. Mourning involves some kind of sorrow, pain inside, remorse, regret. It's painful because now you're looking at your life and you're saying, it's not, it's not, this is not it. This is not it. Can it be better? And then you say, well, I don't know how to make my life better. What can I do to make my life better? And you mourn. That is when God comes on the scene. That's when God comes on the scene. Can you imagine? Can a negative emotion result in something good? This is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 4. He said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. He says, mourning is good for the soul, according to Jesus. Mourning means you have now decided to confront the problem. And what you see is not beautiful. You're not deciding to look away anymore. You're looking at it and saying, there's got to be a change. Until you mourn over what's going on in your life, 
there will be no change. Because you're not tired of the old. But when you are tired of the old, there's going to be some kind of money, mourning. There's going to be some kind of regret. There's going to be, God, I want change. There's going to be some kind of repentance. Before God, God, I'm going the other way. But I don't know how to do it. I need help. And so because you look into yourself and you decide, I don't even know how to handle this situation. God says, he comes into the scene at that point and he says, I'll help you. That's the essence for mourning. It's so important. Are you happy with your life? The way it is? Are you happy because the word blessed means happy? Are you happy with your life the way it is? We all need something to be changed in our lives. There's always something more that God wants to give to us. He has to get us to a place. If you think you're satisfied with where you are, you haven't seen anything yet. There's always more with God. And God tells us never to be satisfied. There's always going to be more. Once you're satisfied, if you're not walking with him, you're walking against him. That's what he says. You always have to move forward. You can't be lukewarm. You got to keep that heart constantly. You got to keep wanting more. And when you want more, it's because you're not satisfied with where you are at. You cannot be satisfied with where you are at. You want more of God. Once you're satisfied, you're not going to seek. And if you don't seek, you won't find. If you don't knock, the door will not be opened. If you don't ask, you will not receive. But you will only ask because you know you don't have it. And things are not the way they are supposed to be. He's confronting the problem and crying out to God and saying, God, I need help. And God says, yeah, I am here with you. There's more to that. Do people avoid you because of the things that you say? And you've learned to live with that. You know it's not a good time. You need change. What about your anger situation? Do you make excuses for it? But you'll be okay and make excuses for it until you realize this ought not to be so. I'm destroying a lot of people around me. I don't need this. And God says, I'll help you. I'll help you. Mourning is very important because that brings God, like I said, on the scene. And the change will take place. Listen to these scriptures in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 2 and 3. This is what it says. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus came to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The day of vengeance of our God. I used to think the day of vengeance of our God. What is he fighting against? (laughs) Whatever is bothering you. Whatever is bothering you is the day God has come. Look, the way to find out what this is, is you go to the next verse. It says, to comfort all who mourn. The same word. 
the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. So mourning is good because when you mourn, God's going to comfort you by changing the situation, by transforming that situation from what it is to something better for your life, for your family, for the church, and for everyone else. To comfort those all, how many? All who mourn. So mourning is good. It's a strong foundation for good life. It's a very strong uh, foundation for a good life. Because God will always comfort you. Notice what it says. To console those who mourn in Zion. To console those who mourn in Zion. Zion is a representative of the church. If we mourn in the church because things are not going the way it's supposed to go, then God comes in and consoles us. But as long as we put up with it, as long as we do nothing about it, as long as we are satisfied with the way things are going, then nothing changes and God does nothing. He's waiting for us to cry out to Him for a change because we cannot change these things by Himself. To console by ourselves. To console those who mourn in Zion... Look at what happens then. He gives them what? Beauty for ashes. That's the consolation. Everything that was going wrong. Everything that was so painful in your life. Things that cause you anxiety. Things that cause you pain. God says, I'm going to make all of those things beautiful. Just come to the place of realization. And desire a change. Desire a change. As long as you rationalize it, as long as you excuse it, the change will not come. But when you confront it through mourning, weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Can I hear an amen? The joy comes in the morning. That's not scripture that God just throwing out. God saying, this is the way life is. If you don't like it, cry out to God. Sometimes when it's so painful, go to God. Not just crying out to Him and mourning also in prayer, but also with fasting. That's how they humble themselves they, when things are not right. They cry out to Him. And we can change things when we do that. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Again, we go back to the same thing. So the, the, whatever is causing you to mourn, God transforms it. Now he puts his oil in your life. Now all you got is the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. And then you won't stop praising him. Hallelujah. You just won't, because of what he's done. He's transformed everything. And where did it start from? Your life's been transformed. Now you're joyful. Now you can praise God. It don't matter how it sounds, you're ready. The first note, you're ready to sing praise to God because God's doing something in your life. It all starts because you realize this is not right. I want it to be changed. Today, I've noticed people, they celebrate success, physical and material success care very little about their spiritual life. Very little about their spiritual life. 
Do you love God? That's a good question. Do you love God? Today, all you hear is like, I'm okay, you're okay. Let's not talk about these things anymore. Let's not offend anybody. And yet what's happening? Society is disintegrating right before our eyes. And there's nothing we can do. It won't work that way. Until somebody says, "Uh uh-uh, this is not the way it's got to be. We got to go back to our foundation. We got to love God. We got to live for Him. The world is waiting for us as Christians. Christians are so touchy these days. We're not focused. And we're not even concerned. We're lukewarm. No change. If it's not happen to, happening to us, we blame somebody else. You've got to seek God. You've got to mourn. We've got to cry out to Him for what we are seeing. You're a Christian. But you hardly spend time with the God that you believe. No studying of scriptures. Hardly any time to pray. But you're going to heaven. That's serious business. We have to realize, like I told the prisoners, people have given their lives for this. And if if you don't see what's going on in your life concerning your relationship with God, this is what's missing. If you don't see that and try to make that healthy then you've not taken the first step in the first place. There is a life to live for God. We have to fight against things that are contrary to what God says in His Word. We are forgetting about heaven. There's this. No one is talking much about heaven anymore. There is heaven. We have to live our lives in a way that reflects the fact that we understand that whenever, when all is over, we are in a, on our journey back to God. And the first order of business is to give account of how you lived your life here on earth. If you lived for yourself, that's not a good place to be. The only thing that can cause you to reverse that curse is for God to open your eyes to see that you are neglecting this great sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, and now you are so focused on yourself and your success and everything about you, which is the wrong focus because we are on a journey back to God and we need to do right with Him. You can't do it, but once you see that, you start crying out to him, and he says, I'll help you. I'll help you. 
You know, I was reading the scriptures, you know, these days we need to be real careful. We are in the last days. We are truly in the last days and it's time for us to mourn for these things and cry out to God. When we mourn and we cry out to God, the joy will be there. The peace will be there. All of our needs will be met. But the, the more we go away from our God, the more things become difficult because the world is turning away from Him and the world is like this. The world comes down, the church is like this. The world comes down and the church does this. Down and they do this. We're going further down. We have to stay where God asks us to be. And not make excuses for our weaknesses. But say according to God's word. Let the weak say, I am strong. We encourage ourselves and we begin to walk. These scriptures don't ever come across... We don't hear them anymore. But these are very serious scriptures. Let me read this. Let me read this from Matthew chapter 5, verse 29 to 30. 39 and 30. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. Please don't do that literally. Because we have a church with only one-eyed people. But then he says to us, for it is more profitable. Can you hear the word profitable? And this is God telling us this. It's more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. These are scriptures. These are true scriptures. There are things that God doesn't like. And we know these things, but sometimes we excuse my Like when I was in college in the University of Georgia, my friend, he know he's, he's, he's Hispanic and flies off sometimes in anger and yells and all of that. And then uh, when you say, he says, you know, I'm Hispanic, I'm, red, I'm uh, chili-blooded. I said, no, no, get, get out of that chili blood. He said, take control of your anger. And Jesus went on with that. One thing that us Christians must do, especially today in the United States, we want change. Do you want things to change? Do you want God to have control over what's going on now? Everything seems to be going the other way. And Christians are not doing much anymore. It's like whatever may be, will be whatever. That's, that's what's going to happen. But we have something that we can do. It's called mourning. We can mourn for our nation. The people of God in the Old Testament prayed and mourned for their nation. And God will actually bring change if God's people will do it. We have to make time for it. You have been called by God as an ambassador. We are called to do God's work. And God wants us to work for him. And part of that work is to take the, the temperature of what's going on around us and change it. Remember what he said? You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. These days we are not salty anymore. I'm kidding. We have this little light of mine. That's all to light my little room. 
That's all we're concerned about. We need to be concerned about the whole world, the whole United States. God's watching. We can call on God and God will change things for us. Instead of complaining, call. God has full control. We can mourn before God. If this whole church, they're coming on Friday. If all of us, if a minister or somebody who has that influence, call all believers to pray and to call upon God, what's what's going to happen? I always tell myself, unless God doesn't exist, I can have my confidence in the fact that God is, and if I'm on his side, and the scripture says, if God be for us, who is going to be against us? Those are scriptures that can, that scripture will never be broken. We can believe God. In Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, he says, if my people, how many of God's people, we're not thinking about it. We are so much into ourselves. Success, my children, how do we get along, how we cope, and how we get this. How can be happy? I'll show you how to be happy. No, if my people who are called by my name. How many Christians do we have in this place? <laughs> That's Christ is, right? We're all like him. If my people we are called by his name. If Jesus prayed, will the prayer not be answered? Well, we are called by his name. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Why? Because we are saying things are not the way it should be. And we're sad. Can I hear an amen? Things are not the way it should be and we don't like it. And we can't do anything about it. But God, we know you can do something about it. That's why we are humbling ourselves and saying, God, unless you do it, we won't be able to do it. Unless you help me, there is no help. Unless you help me, I'll burn. Unless you help me, my family is going to pieces. Unless you help me, unless you help me. Unless you help me. I need your help. Then you will hear his voice. He will console you first while you are still praying. You feel that consolation. He says the peace that passes knowledge. I mean, you can't even imagine it. You don't know how to think it through. He's the peace of God. He pours it into your heart and you feel peaceful. And somehow you know the, the waves are still there. And, and the storm is still coming. But somehow you've gotten the one who is able to steal the storm the storm and to say peace be still and already you are feeling the peace inside of you and you know peace is coming but we have to seek him we have to seek him when you see something that you don't like instead of talking about it and complaining go and seek him when you seek him and then you see him acting the joy will fill your heart you can't help God answer my prayer look Things are changing. Amen. <laughs> but what we like to do is talk about it, gossip about it, fight about it. You don't get any help by doing that. Go to him. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, 
sometimes the wicked ways he's talking about is not being willing to tell somebody that's not the way to go. That's wicked. Not telling somebody that what you're doing is going to cause damage to your family. They're telling you something and you know the truth. But you are afraid because if you tell them the truth, you become an enemy. Well, you are already an enemy. <laughs> when they find out how bad you were to them later, when they meet with their God, they won't like you at all for not telling them. You got to tell them the truth. And you can soften it. Tell them, you know, I, I, I really don't want to make you mad, but this is the truth, okay? They may still get mad, but when God deals, deals with them, they'll come back to you. Thank you for telling me that. Help me. Help me. They didn't like what you were saying, but then they, they turned around, cursed you out, but then went back to their room, and the Holy Spirit says, you know he told you the truth? <laughs> Amen. He told you the truth. And then he says, no, I don't think that was true. I hear that. And then the Holy Spirit said, but yeah, it's true. That was the truth. No, I don't want to hear that. And then after a while, he begins to think, maybe the guy really loves me. Why did he risk all of that? He begins to see something different about you. We can call upon him. And he can transform lives. Your words. Both ways. Can influence the Almighty. Can you see? Your words in prayer can influence him. I say this again. If your words can move God, how can how is it that your words cannot move another man? <laughs> yes, your words can move them. Just speak. Your words can move him. If your words can move the ancient of this, uh, these guys are little. You can talk to them. They'll listen. They'll listen. God has given us so much power as children of God. When we see what we don't like, we go to Him in prayer. And we seek His face. And He can feel the sadness. There's a scripture that says, God stores your tears in a bottle. I don't understand that. What does he want to do with that? That's tears from his precious child. Amen? But he wants to change it. Change this situation because he knows that's better. Today, God's going to transform your situation in the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? amen. Whatever it is that the enemy is troubling your life with, if you make up your mind that today I won't change, I'm saying to you, because Jesus is present here with us, today is the day of change. The Bible says now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. God wants to do it. God wants to do it. All you have to do is cry out to him. You know, I tell the prisoners, he knows you personally. They're looking at me like, really? He knows you. Before you were born, he formed you. He knew how your voice would sound like even before you heard it. That's the God we serve. 
So when you speak, he hears you. He can recognize that voice. And he wants to act on what you say. All we need to do today is cry out to him and he will respond. If you are okay with what's going on in your life, you can handle the pain. Okay, that's your, that's your problem. But if you want God to transform it, he is able. Not only is, is he able, he is willing and wants to. There was a man who was um, paralyzed and had a, uh, no, was, was a leper. A leper that went to Jesus. He wasn't supposed to be around there. And he said to Jesus from far, he said, uh, Lord, I know you can heal me if you want to. You know what Jesus did? He immediately, I mean, a, 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 a rabbi will not touch a leper. You become defiled. He wasn't even supposed to be there. But once he said that, immediately, he said, the scripture says, immediately, Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I want to. I want to. You'll be well. And the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whatever it is that you are crying out to God for, and you want to change, we use that word. You want to change, turn from it. Repent. God, I want to go the other way. You moan inside your heart. He's right there with you. And he will immediately tell you, I want to. If you're not wanting a change, then don't bother with him. But I'm going to tell you this. He wants the best for your life. Spiritually, that's number one. Because people think best is having money, cars. <laughs> that's not best. If you buy a new car, it's going to get old. Before long, you'll be in the mechanic's shop. That's just the way it is. But we're talking about eternal life. That's the source of everything that's good in life. You are first a spirit before you become a, a human being. Your spirit is what gives life to your soul and to your body. The day your spirit lives is over for the cars and all of that. The body cannot drive anymore. Okay? It's over. But today is a day of restoration. Today is a day of refreshing. And God wants to bring refreshing in your life. The Bible tells us in, in, in uh, Acts chapter 2, Paul says, the day of refreshing. I mean, Peter, the day of refreshing. This is the time. God wants to bring refreshing into your life. All you have to do is want it. Can I hear an amen? amen? Bow your heads with me this morning. Many times we are too much in a hurry in the presence of God. It's like, God, you better do it right now. I only have two minutes for you. And if you don't, I'm going to move. No, we have to spend time with him. You need it. We need to talk to him right where we're sitting and asking him there was a man that went to the Lord Jesus 
He said, what do I do? I want to enter into the kingdom of God. And Jesus told him certain things to do. If you do this, if you do that, do this and do that. And the man said, was a rich man. He said, all of those things I have done from the time I was a youth, a young man. And then he asked Jesus, what do I still lack? What do I still lack? What am I still needing? That's where we ought to be. If you ask Jesus, he'll let you know what things you need more. And today, Jesus is here with us. You can commit to serve him the way he should be served because he created you. Commit totally. Be sold out to him. Everything that you have, your possessions, everything, you surrender today to the Lord God. If you do that, then you are truly inviting him into your life. He will be the king of your life and you will have a kingdom, the kingdom of God living inside of you. Now is the time. Today is the day. Let's get serious with our God. No more playing games with God. But saying, God, I will serve you with everything that I've got. I'm not holding back. I'm not holding back. I'm not holding back. No matter what's happening in the society, I'm not holding back. I will seek you even when I'm tired. I will call upon your name. I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will call upon the name of the Lord. May God touch your heart this morning. May God renew your mind and renew your heart this morning. May God give you the grace to have a different type of uh, uh, commitment and devotion to God. Let God change my attitude towards him and towards my fellow man today. Today, this is the day. You're here today and the Lord is speaking to you. And you say in your heart, I need something to change in my life. I need this situation. I need this situation to change. If that's you today, why don't you stand up before God. God's here today. Stand up. Yes, thank you. That's you. Please stand up. You need that situation. Stand up. Don't be bashful. Be real with God. Don't pretend. Be real with God. That's you today. You need God to change something. Sometimes we are too concerned about who is looking. Don't care about who is looking. I need God. I need God in my life. That's what's important. That's what you need to do. I need God to change something in my life. I need God to change something. I need the fire of God in my life today. That's what we should do. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. A time is coming where, when everything that we consider important is not as important as you think. It's time to commit totally to Him and to be totally devoted. I'm ready to serve my God. Even when I'm tired, I'm ready to serve my God. That's how important this is. Jesus gave His life for me. He gave everything. He gave His precious blood, everything. 
held nothing back. I'm not holding anything back. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to serve him. Whether it causes me pain or not, I'm going to serve him. Father, you know our hearts. People look on the outward, but you look into the heart. And God, you're here today. And here we are standing before you, our God. As we surrender our lives to you, O God. Those of you that are up, would you raise your hand up to him? Because the Bible says when you raise your hand, God looks towards you. That's what the scripture says. Your hands with the blood of his son. He looks towards you. Today is the day of change. I'm asking God to put his fire into your life. Your life will never be the same. There's going to be a fresh anointing from the Holy Spirit upon your life today. Something different. And you will begin to love God like you've never loved God before. And you begin to say things like you never said before. And God's going to give you that boldness that was not there before. And if you have that boldness, it's going to be greater because you're surrendering to God. I need this whole body. Please, every one of us, stand up. I need more of God. Every one of us. We all need Jesus in our lives. We all need more. We all need more. I've got to commit to Him. Totally. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, we've got to humble ourselves. We've got to humble ourselves. You don't have it all. I don't have it all. I need God. You need God. We need Him. We need Him. Let Him give us the grace to serve Him. Let Him give us the grace to serve Him. Let Him give us the grace to please Him. Let Him give us the grace to do what's right in His sight. Accept the Lord of Sabbath. Accept the Lord Himself. Grants us grace. We all be as Sodom and Gomorrah. But today is a different day. Today is a different day. Because God is doing a new thing. At the Ark Fellowship, God is doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing. We don't have to be in a hurry. God's Spirit, I can feel His presence here this morning. I can feel His presence here this morning, people. And God is here with us this morning. Reach out and take His hands so that He begins to do a work in your life. We'll dedicate our lives to our God today so that He can bless us. And be good to us. And be merciful. And grant us grace. So that we can go all the way. Pleasing him today. Father we thank you. We acknowledge the presence of your spirit today. We cry out to you. For our own lives. And for the life of this nation. For the United States of America, we cry out to you. Lord, we are abandoning your laws and your principles. And it's affecting us. It's affecting our children. It's affecting their devotion towards you. May God, we desire a change today in our lives so that we can serve you. 
so that we can have goodness and mercy from our God. That goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives according to your promise. Let that promise be good to us today. Let that promise be good in our lives today. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. And God's with us. It's a new day. And God's with us. It is a new day. And God is with us. Jesus, you are with us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we ask for forgiveness as we repent of our old ways. And we cry out to you for a new way. A new and living way to live for our God. And to reach out to those that are without. With your grace, we commit ourselves, our Heavenly Father. We know that you're here today. We are serious about what, we are, what we're asking from you. We're serious and we need it. We need it badly. We need it. We need it, O oh God. Hear us from heaven according to your promise. People, please, I'm not apologizing for time today. Because Jesus paid a serious price for us. And we've got to live for Him. We've got to live for Him. We've got to be sold out to Him. We have to turn away from the things that displease Him. Cry out. It's okay to struggle, but struggle so that He comes in for freedom. For freedom. For freedom. For freedom. For freedom. Don't stay the same. Don't let death meet you the same. Don't allow that. Don't allow that. So you enter his presence with joy, without fear, because he loves us. No greater.